Josh. What up? Do you want to do presents first or at the end? I know you can't wait. I can get straight into that if you want. Shall I go first? Uh, this is the right way so I don't see it. People don't see my address and send me death threats. <laughs> it's okay. I've got you covered. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking want them. <laughs> yes. I'm if so I happy. Send, if I send you angry hand-quilled letters... <laughs> I'm I'm so happy about this because publicly I was shaming you for not sending me one immediately. That's so fucking cool, man. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, that's so rad. Who made these again? Lindsay Owen. Right on, man. I'm going to be putting this. that on my vest, pride of place, for the one I wear on stage. Oh nice. shit! Have we started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're recording. Uh, we, I may not use all this. I may edit. I may change, but I just thought I'd catch as much as possible. I regret flashing your address then. I'm terribly sorry. I thought we just, <laughs> I thought we were going to goof around for 10 minutes. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I'll blare it out or I'll just like <laughs> redact it. But um, yeah, man. Thank you so much. I'm fucking hyped for this. I've got a spot on my vest that I know I'm going to put it on. So I'm really fucking excited for this. Nice. It was a had a job to iron it on, but then it was me trying to iron it on, so I wouldn't hold that against the patch at all. Yeah. It's just I'm a little backward. <laughs> well, I don't own an iron, so I'll just go straight to sewing. Yeah. You need fingers of steel though, because it is proper leather. Sick. That's so fucking cool. Merry Christmas, Josh. Thank you. Happy Christmas to you too, buddy. <laughs> Oh, I know okay. you've been really waiting for me to open this, so I'm just gonna. Mate. I'll do it at the end, actually. Um... <laughs> I've been so hyped about this. Not that one, but that is cool. Cutting down. Oh, fuck yeah. Signed. Yeah, yeah. Do you know I forgot to get mine signed to me, so I have a regular sign poster, and you have a personalized sign poster. I really thought you were going to get them to give me abuse on here, and I'm just surprised that it's not. Mate, after you said, "Ah, uh, I wonder what you've got them to write," I realized there were so many missed opportunities, but my head was just completely burnt out from fucking running the gig. That was just like <laughs> what, I need to get this signed and go home. <laughs> You're selfish, Preclo, because you're totally upstaging me with gifts now. This one I'm really happy about. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you glorious, glorious bastard. <laughs> yep. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen. You know, I'm a big Don Williams guy as well. I'm buzzing. And it's the ticket stub from like Liverpool as well, so it merges our friendship perfectly. Mate, that is like the most thoughtful thing ever. And again, you've showed me right up, you selfish prick. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, man. But this and is that... all this is all um, Ash's fault, you know, because he'd been doing all this like Willie Nelson merch or memorabilia through eBay. 
Yeah. We were like talking about it for ages and we were like sending like mail haggard shit. And I was like, I wonder what else is there. And I was like looking and I found that and was like, I have to fucking grab that. And it was such a fucking steal that I was like, I have to grab it. I know he'll appreciate this. I'm a little bit emotional over that, to be honest, because that was just the, the coolest thing ever. Been such a massive Don Williams guy for years, man. Prick. Oh, man. What have you done? Yeah. But it's, a Christmas, it's a Christmas miracle. It was, because I said I had something for you to either when you finish your album or Christmas. Or Christmas. <laughs> the album's not getting finished. <laughs> Christmas comes around sooner. So here we are. Happy Christmas, Josh. I hope you find a frame for it for your nook. My nook. Definitely going to be framing all this. <laughs> I've got all the gig posters in the hall, so I've got like a bit of a walkway in now. So I've got just a spot for that one. Yeah. Sick, man. So let's get down to brass tacks. I enjoyed last year's podcast. I re-listened to it today. And um, it took 10 minutes before I realized it was at 1.5 speed. I just assume I talk that fast every day. I, I didn't notice the difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like oh shit and i like, slowed it down i was like oh, i'll just fucking back it up to 1.8 fuck it but to be um... fair we were drinking then as well so we probably were <laughs> going a bit over the bpms <laughs> but yeah man it was a, it was cool to kind of listen and recap because i'd forgot some of the stats some of the shows not necessarily i've forgotten the shows but i've forgotten how many we put on and that stuff so it was nice to like, kind of go back see what we did last year and then you know, see what we did this year. So how yeah. has your 2023 been, Josh? Mate, it's, it's been delightful, isn't it, really? Like, what more do you want? Yeah. <laughs> Finally actually managed to release something, got to meet some really cool new people, got to tour with one of my absolute favourite singer-songwriters ever. Uh, got to see you twice, which, you know, everything needs a downside to make it seem better. Um, got to meet your small boy. Oh shit, it was twice, wasn't it? I completely forgot that. <laughs> yeah, you had to meet the boy. The small boy. <laughs> How's your doing? Has it gone the way you wanted it to? Um busy in a lot of ways because I didn't I it sounds stupid. I didn't anticipate being so busy with the small boy. And oh, then, yeah, they get you. Yeah. And then realizing kind of three tours this year that I've organized and booked and stuff and other shows it was like oh fuck which is why the road podcast has not really happened much this year it kind of like stopped with jesse i managed to get one in with summer before november but it was like fuck and this year has been a lot of just like i felt very behind the scenes of everything really but the the april tour with hendrickson was like i really if that was kind of the last tour i ever did which it won't be but if that was that was a really fucking cool tour to do and like it was just so grassroots and fun, but we'll get into the shows and stuff later on. But yeah, it was a, like musically for Rogue and stuff. It's been a really fun year. And personally, it's just been the best year ever because, you know, my little son came into the well and he's the absolute best. And he's seven months old next week and he's an absolute diamond and it's been awesome. Yeah, man. Don't need sleep anyway. Who needs sleep, man? Yeah. You look like a perfectly healthy 18 year old man. Thank you. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> but, so I have stats. So last year we talked on the podcast, we did eight shows last year. Yep. Which was really good going out the gate after COVID. Eight shows for a year with 
independent UK artists and American artists. Really good going. Do you know how many shows we did this year? Mate, I don't even know what I did last week, to be honest with you. <laughs> we did 21 shows this year. Were we? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be that high. Me neither, man. 21 shows, so obviously the Hendrickson tour. Yeah. The Jesse Daniel tour. The Summer Dean tour. Tommy Prine. The Hank Williams shows. And I think there may be another one I'm forgetting about. But yeah, so we did 21 shows. Yeah. Overall this year. Doesn't seem like that many until you break it down. Yeah. And almost 500 tickets sold across all 21 shows. And how many hours of admin did you do to make these happen? (laughs) (laughs) People only get to see the fun stuff, the gig photos and the, you know, the crowd reactions and stuff. Two two years worth of admin. The actual work that goes into doing these things, man. Two years logistics, of planning, yeah. hotels, rendezvous, supports acts, changes, last minute changes to lineups and shit. You know, it's yeah, it's not easy, man. Yeah, well, we te- you <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, we we teased like the Jesse Daniel stuff last year. I think I beeped it out, but you know that that August tour I started working on in like October, September of last year. So it's yeah. almost like a full year to come to fruition and stuff. The Tommy Prine stuff I'd been working on the year advanced. Summer Dean was kind of early 2023. So it's like a year of admin to put these fucking shows on, man. And I'm already oh, working yeah. on next year's and I've got up to September sorted anyway. Well, you got to be proactive and you got to do it in advance. You don't just drop these things on your lap, do you? No. There's a lot of work going into that. Like I said, if we've announced that gig, then it's already been in the books for months. Yeah, and that's what I wanted. I didn't know if to talk about it now or talk about it down the line. I'll talk about it now. So I wanted to do a video about how road country shows work. So if any artists are wanting to work with us, then they kind of know what the deal is. Because I messaged, I think it may have been April Moon, because they messaged about some support slots. And I feel absolutely bang on saying no all the time to people. Because that's not what I want to do. That's not the case. The case is... When I book, so the Jesse Daniel tour, we'll take that as the main, like the first example. So I started speaking to Jody, Jesse's fiance and manager last year. I started speaking to his booking agent last year. And that was, we know who we want to come over. And I always instantly know who I want to open the shows. And especially with the tours, the whole package deal is we did it with Ags. We're doing it with the tour coming over next year. The whole point is, We put a UK act as the kind of driver, logistics, tour manager, and then kind of the support act. So there are complete all-in-one care package for this artist to come over so it saves them expenses. So the tour support is booked. Basically, the second I've emailed to get this tour off the ground, I already know who's going to be opening it. And that is when people message once the kind of tour posters up. It's, yeah. way, it's way too late and that's why we started Rogue and why we started booking shows was because we realized that you know by the time the tour post is announced those opportunities are pretty much gone so you need to be the one booking the shows so then you can yeah. have control over who you get to open for them and that's you know where we managed to get like Chuck to open for Tommy got Ags for Summer Dean and those are the type of conversations that need to be happening like a year in advance so when yeah. someone messages saying can I open this show and I say no it's not a personal dig it's not that i don't like your music it's not like anything like that at all these shows are already spoken for 
nine to 12 months ahead of schedule. We've had these conversations about who's going to be a good fit, not just musically, but personally. And, yeah. you know, who's there doing the work as well, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, who's going to be trying to sell tickets, who's going to be trying to elevate themselves. Yeah. It's stuff like that. There's a lot of things to consider. Like I say, we want to elevate UK acts as well and give them a chance. So to try and pay the right people up together so yeah. that the touring act not only gets the best experience they can have, but hopefully we can shine a light on whoever we've got in mind at the time as well. Yeah, and it's making sure that UK Act is right for the opportunity at hand because, you know, if they aren't posting regularly, if they're not really, like, pushing Spotify or whatever they're working on, then it's like, what opportunity are you going to squander, basically? So it's like making sure that all these things are in line before we can even get started. So, like, the tours we're working on for next year, I already know who the support artists are because that's how... I book things. That's how I work with like when I either get an opportunity for an artist, I go so-and-so will fit really well with them. And if they turn it down, I then start looking But the largest part of the time. If we're approaching someone or someone approaches us for a, you know, a tour or a headline show, I know who's booking them within the first 30 seconds of that conversation. So that is how it works. And I, someone commented because I was looking for promoters and they were like, are you looking for bands as well? Anyone who posts on the road group, engages with our social media, comes to shows, we are already aware of you and we know who you are and we will reach out as and when something fits. If you want to keep messaging us, that's completely fine. But this is the whole thing where I don't want to keep saying no to people and people thinking that it's a dig or it's like a slight or I'm ignoring them or it's just me being a dick. It's really really not. It is. We have these limited opportunities I can't put on every show I ever want to do. And I already know who I want on most of the time. Not only that, it's like we've dealt with a lot of acts over the last five years. You know, we know who's been there from the start. We yeah. know who dips in and out. You know, um, we want to give opportunities to the people who've been around mm-hmm. and paid back into the community as yeah. well. It's all about that community. I always tell everybody, make sure you're posting in the group and stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, you. We're at a stage now as well where we don't have time really to go around and search out what everybody's doing no. as well. So make sure if you're posting in the groups and stuff, then we can see it. Yeah, totally. That, that helps us stay in the loop as well. It's not just like a case of us actively searching. Don't get me wrong, I try to as much as I can, but it's impossible for two people to you know, take on yeah. that many artists and be bang on up to date with everything that everyone's doing. Yeah, 100%. Like, we do listen to everything that gets posted in the road group. We do listen to. But if we can find the time to message back, and if something applies, we will. Because I've already messaged a few groups who have reached out, and I'm like, yeah, we'll start working on something for the new year, even if it's just kind of like the podcast or adding to the playlist or something. We'll try and do something, but goddamn, we're busy as well. Uh, I know, but like like the reviews, for example, like we're Mm. way behind. I've written a stack, and we haven't had time to really organize all that sort of stuff and they're still getting through that backlog as well yeah man, which I've isn't got... necessarily a bad thing either i think because no. like you don't want to just get all your reviews in the first week yeah you know a little slow burner that's keep, what uh, I... keep the interest going on it and stuff that's what i think i think especially with like independent releases it's never hurting to get a review six months down the line it never no. hurts to kind of be on the podcast six months down because again people will message me in like june july august to be on the podcast 
and I have a fucking newborn baby. And it was just like, I literally cannot find an hour of non like crying or shitting time. And that was just me, not let alone the baby. Like, I've met you before, I tell you. Like, I don't have the time to do a podcast, especially with Americans in different time zones. It was absolutely fucked. So I have people on my list that I am going to be reaching out to next year when shit's a bit calmer to have them on and then we can talk about what they did this year. And again, I apologize. I'm going to be, listen, I've got a new baby. I'm busy as fuck. I will try my best to get back to you. But, you know, it's not going to hurt to have a little promotion down the line of something when you've... Yeah. Yeah. But only like, like if it, it takes a little bit longer... Again, we sort of get a, a glimpse at people's attitudes as well. Then, do you yeah. know what I mean? It is, and, and that, that's the thing. You know, we want people we can build with, and people who pay it forward as well. And a good working attitude goes a long way, especially dealing with these touring acts and stuff. We want to be able to trust people that we put on these shows yep. to do a good job and represent, yeah, you know, themselves well. No, 100%, because even though we are who we are, we still want to have some level of professionalism to this. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. you got to start somewhere, don't you? We're at that level, I think. But... Yeah, we do. And speaking of, I want to do a shout-out to Tom Frankham, who designed the Jesse Daniel and Summer Dean tour posters uh, this year, and the Rogue Country t-shirt design for the new <laughs> Team Pheasant. Um, phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal designer. Jesse Daniel fan, again, reached out through social media. I really like this stuff, so I was like... Let's fucking work together on these, and I'm gonna be pestering them in the next couple of weeks for tour posters for next year. Yeah. Um, and also, Neris Griffiths, who was the photographer, all of our rogue shows up in the world, she was great, and yeah, she was like um, really like patient and took took really great crowd shots, really great merch table shots and stuff, and really captured like the vibe of a rogue show. And I'm really happy with her, and we'll be working together in the future as well. Uh, on that note as well, I'm gonna shout out We the D. He did all the Welsh dates this year. Including the um, Hank Williams shows and stuff, not just the big tours, but he, mm. he's always with us, doing some great shots again as well, and putting nice packages together. Yeah, yeah. And that, no, but then that's what a scene is, isn't it? It's a community of people with a common goal, working towards that thing. Yeah, many yours make like Rowan and all that sort of thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Together strong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of been the cool thing to see, like the non-musicians kind of take a step up and be like, yeah. I, I want to contribute. Because, you know, we've got the Rogue Flyers, which are available to be sent out to anyone if you have a tattoo studio, if you have an office, if you have a place of work you want to get these out to and spread the word, I'll send them to you. And I will send them to you off my own dime because I am really care about getting this out. And people took up the call. I've been sending these out across the UK and it really means a lot that people are sharing them at gigs and flyering where they yeah. can. And it's a huge thing to see this kind of community step up and it's, you know, it's been it's been really nice this year, especially like the Hendrickson shows. People were coming up in Rogue Country t-shirts and stuff. It was wild to see like people give a fuck. But like contributors as well, they've been a lifesaver this year. We've had people step up and like gig photos, videos, uh, reviewing shows. Yeah, you know, we can't get to everything. Yeah, people like Brandon and Jackson who go to a lot of gigs. They've reviewed so many shows for us this year. Yeah, been lifesavers. Massive help. You know, it's again, it's all about that community. If you're only thinking of like the self level, then what what are you doing? Like a scene can't be a person on their own. No, hundred percent. And what is a scene? A group of friends who like the same shit working towards a common goal. Exactly. Fans of this music wanting to hear more of it. Mm-hmm. 
And speaking of fans of this music and wanting more of it, before we get into our kind of favorite albums of the year, we put a shout out on the Rogue Country group. And these are some of the people and what their albums of the year have been. And again, like the five I've picked, and I assume the five you've picked, we've not listened to every release this year. So there's a lot of stuff on these lists that I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that came out. Um, like Craig Howe, who's a huge Fargo Railroad Company fan, he was saying his favorite releases were Jason Isbell with Weather Veins and Robert John and the Rex live at the Ancien Belgique. Um, and Jason Isbell didn't even enter my top five. I completely forgot you brought something out. I didn't, didn't even know, to be honest with you. And I used to listen to a lot of Isbell. So, like, if Isbell could slip under my radar, that's, more, yeah. that's why you need to post in groups and stuff, man. No, 100%. Uh, Richard Brewer, friend of. Uh, Road country and a local lad who's come to a lot of shows he said logan ledger's golden state that's a great album i did get a chance to listen mm. to that's a great shout uh harry vella thompson uh, katie whitaker music uh, her album shine came out so that's a good one we recently discovered as well again through the road country group uh, brian clark huge friend of road country he is also another local guy who comes to a ton of shows he in his incredible detail gave his favorite single his favorite ep and his favorite album, because that's what Brian does. So his favorite single was The Ballad of Annalee Swamp by Lewis Berner Pugh. Berner Band, friend of Rogue. Uh, his favorite EP was Origin by Megan Lee. Great pick. I listened to that EP. It was killer. And his favorite album was Demi Mariner's The Things We Didn't Say. I've not heard that one, but I'll go check it out. But okay. yeah. Um, what else have we got? We've got Papa Ward, David Ward, uh, Jackson's dad. Call to Walls. Yeah, Call to Wall, Little Songs. Again, that was a great album. I completely forgot that came out this year. I had to, I've been rinsing that one, man. That's, <laughs> I, get, I get obsessed with stuff. Like I've made that one a few times. Yeah, Johnny Graham, uh, Brennan Lee's Ain't Through Honky Tonkin' Yet. Great album. Um, Bob Shoulders, again, Weather Veins by Jason Isbell, and All Bad, and he puts by The Shoulders Boy, so I assume it's a relation. Hmm. Uh, who else? We've got uh, Alex Zimmerman, Jack Brown and Red Eye Radio. We've got um, the Phil Billy. He put forward his own album, and I love the confidence with Dirty Skiffle Volume 1. The audacity. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And there was another guy, uh, Oliver Sayani, and the artist is Blind Feline, and the album is Kentucky Drifter, and I've not heard that either. But Oliver's a musician as well. He's on my radar. Oh, cool. Yeah. He's the one I said he uh, looks like Brando when he had long hair. Yeah, on two. Like, yeah, it's uncanny, man. <laughs> but yeah, they've been... The real some... Random Brindley. <laughs> the Random Brindley. Um, <laughs> yeah, they've been some of the uh, Rogue's picks of this year, and they're all great records. Um, I really need to re-listen to Weather Veins by Isbell because I do enjoy what he puts out. And I feel like Weather Veins... Um, the last album I wasn't a huge fan of, but this one seemed to be a bit better. But again, I completely forgot that came out this year because time's a circle. Um, do you want to get into our picks? Do you want to go first? Yep, let's get into it. <laughs> my first pick would be um, You're Gonna Break My Heart by My Crooked Teeth. That's a fantastic single. It reminds me a little bit of uh, Farron Young, and mm. I do enjoy being reminded of Farron Young. <laughs> What's not to love about it? A cracking single, definitely. I think you may. Have you done this thing you did last year as well? Where I've looked up the dates and I've changed all of a sudden. Yeah, where is it? Uh, view album. Listen, if it's running smoothly, 
don't ask me on. I'll let you have it. That came out the 20th of January, 2023. It just seems so long ago, but that is a fucking phenomenal song by Michael Katith, who also opened the London show for Summer Dean. I've got notes this time, you fuck. <laughs> I'm not saying they're right, but I've got them. <laughs> I can't read them either, so... Yeah, no, that's a great pick. And obviously he was on the podcast. If you've not listened, go back and listen to it. And that is one of those things he shared it to the, I think he shared it to the group. We picked yeah. it up and then, you know, we had him on the podcast. We had him open for Summer Dean. And that's just kind of, if we have something we can wear with, like we're fans of the genre, we're fans of music. And if a single that good is released, we'll try and do something. Um, my first pick is a Jesse Coulter's album, Edge of Forever. Because it was amazing to see her back on the scene, really. She's been yeah. gone a while. This is Margot Price produced. She duets on some of the tracks. And it's a fun album, and it was cool to kind of hear that, like, 70s outlaw era sound in 2023 and, like, dragged through. And it's got that kind of Waylon and Willie bounce and vibe to it, but in, like, a polished and really cool, like, modern way. It was a really fun yeah. album to listen to. And Jesse Coulter's voice is so like vulnerable and got that edge to it that she's had back in the day but it's just got an age and a wisdom to it it's just a phenomenal record i was so happy to try to spruce that. it up with technology and voodoo yeah <laughs> and that's endearing i love it it's yeah what more do you want yeah oh. right my next pick right he's just about swung in here last minute to get on this list but it's one of my favourite releases this year by a long stretch, to be honest with you. Robert Henry and the Repeaters, the way it usually goes. What a banger of an album. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. It slaps from start to finish. Like, And I, I love the artwork on the album cover as well. It's like It reminds me of sort of like 80s wrestling. It's like all these bright <laughs> colours. and it's, it's just, I love it. I absolutely love it. I've been listening to that for the last two days nonstop, pretty much. Mm. Yeah, I only discovered that in the last couple of days because I think Tempest posted about it and I think everyone yeah. kind of forgot or it just slipped under the radar because his EP was phenomenal. His voice is just smooth as fuck. Insane. That record's so good. Yeah. What a The range record. on his vocals blow me away every time because he can go for yeah. like really deep yeah, uh, rich tones to like yeah. screaming. <laughs> yeah. And, and the song itself usually goes as a phenomenal fucking country song. Oh yeah. It's nostalgic but fresh and um Say that a band can really cook as well, they're thumping along. Mm. That's probably one of my absolute favorites of the year, no doubt. So fucking good. It, my next pick is Axe Connolly Siempre. And it was weird because obviously I backed it in the Kickstarter last year and then it came out this year. So it's one of those staggered things again, but such a fucking good album. So well made and the songs live are just absolutely incredible. Especially because you hear them kind of strip back alive because it's just him and his guitar. Such a good record. Papa Ward. Got to shout him out. Little Songs by Colter Wall. Again, love it. It's superb. Feels like a different culture as well, but mm. still true to what we know and love. You know, really delightful cowboy songs. Yeah. But like it's it's bang on. The guy's really hit it every time for me. Yeah, it's such a good record. Uh, my next one is Summer Dean, The Best Life. Yeah. Just <laughs> say no more. 
<laughs> so, you know, especially considering the kind of what her like bad romantic album was, this was like a change of pace and a breath of fresh air, but still the same. And it was just so well made and so well crafted. And again, you know, we brought her over here for her first UK tour, and to hear her play live was just fucking phenomenal. And to hear those songs live was just mind blowing. Nice. Again, this is one that's been given an honourable mention, but I'm going to go with Megan Lee's new EP, Origins. I've reviewed a couple of the singles. I am still working on my review of the EP because life happens at the minute and I haven't stopped for weeks. Yeah. But it's one of those things. I really enjoy it. It's like, it's kind of mainstream, but in like the 90s sense where it's mm. better production, but not like two pop songs in a trench coat pretending. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's still definitively country as well, and obviously she's a, a Welsh girl, so you got to support these Welsh people. They need it all, all the help they can get. Yeah, that's why I'm your friend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but adopt the Welshman today. It's only five pound a month, <laughs> and you, like I send you a leak in the post or something. It's... <laughs> Which you know I have because I sent you that video of me with a bin bag full of leaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My next pick is a again friend of Rogue's the Longshore Drifters EP The Grind is just fucking banging. Track after track, so good. The whole band's on fucking fire. Every track has like a different take on a different like style of country yeah. music, but it's just so fucking good. And as a fan of like Buck Owens and stuff, this just hits all the boxes. It's so good. Yeah, you know how much I love those longshore drifters, man. Hearing them at the Rustic Stomp this year. It was an absolute privilege, and if you know, one of my absolute favorite UK acts. Yeah, like it, I am determined in twenty twenty four to put them on as many gigs as humanly possible. Yeah, absolutely. And Mark as well is a good friend, and he's um, he's been very kind enough to help me out with my own projects as well. And yep. Michelle, actually, she's sung on something. So nice. just all round good eggs and lovely people who they make are. some fantastic honky tonk stompers. Mm-hmm. Salute. Finishing up strong now with um, My Kind of Country Live at the Catalyst by Jesse Daniel. Nice. You know, I got to see it stripped back on acoustic, but with that band behind him as well, it's, it's something else. He makes the kind of country music I love. Like, everyone's got their own preferred style, haven't they? Like, and that sort of like Bakersfield thing is mm. just definitively country to me. Yeah. And obviously that's led me down the rabbit hole of like Mike and the Moon Pies and people like that as well. So just, fucking you know. good. Again, they've had releases out and they very nearly made the list. <clears throat> they did like those double single releases. So I'm going to shout yeah. those uh, guys out anyway. I'm going to be greedy. Fuck it. You know, there's too many good releases this year to not give them an honourable mention. Yeah. They're so fucking good. And I'm like, I'm so glad I got to like, I think that was, yeah, it was this year. I got to open yeah. for them in Manchester and the whole band's on fucking fire. It was so cool to fucking see. We're finishing with West. Well, the best. Like I know this is like our favorite records, but this is the best record to be released this year. This is actually Harding Spoon music. Like game over, man. It's so so fucking good. Like I, I he I think he sent you stuff as well before he released it. Yeah, he? he sent us stuff through WhatsApp, and like I remember he sent me once again, and I think I listened to it like ten times on the drive home. Because it was just fucking phenomenal. I just kept hitting it back to the start. 
And it's such a well-crafted, beautifully made album from, you know, someone who's kind of come out of nowhere. We kind of got to know him last year. He played the Rogues Rounds and stuff, but he came out of fucking left field and dropped the album of the year. And the support that he's had from like, you know, the States and like Holler and the stuff, it's so well-deserved and it's so cool to see an independent country musician from the UK get this like level of support it's been so fucking cool to see and he's also one of the nicest human beings in the world yeah. so this is such just... a nice guy a genuinely humble we booked him for that hank show and he tried to pay me to help with the venue cost i was like no lad this is not how it works <laughs> you know he's just one of the like the nicest people in the world yeah just insanely talented as well just unfairly and, um, talented. got what's mine you know it's got a bit of a rockier edge to it that's what I want to hear if someone says they're outlaw in the yeah. UK. I don't want to hear Wonderwall in a cowboy hat. <laughs> that like that song in particular is set the bar, you know. Yeah. Anything else other than that is like a red flag to me at the minute. Yeah. No, he, he like every track's just a fucking back. It's so good that like one of the guys I work with, I he was like, you know, he always asks, you know, what should I listen to? And I'll send him a few requests. And, you know, he's pretty honest and is like, I don't like that. And he kept he's listened to spoon music. I think maybe more than I have. And he, you know, he kept texting me going, I really like this album. And then when we were in work, he'd put it on and be like, I really like this album. And it, it's just got such crossover appeal because he's not a huge country fan, this guy I work with. And it's just a fucking phenomenal record. If you're a country fan, you're going to love it. If you're not a country fan, you're going to love it. And yeah, he's the absolute best. I just need him to bring out on vinyl and I need him to bring out t-shirts so I can yeah. just like throw all the money at him. Like we know he's working on it. So yeah. hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he released that the day I was traveling home from Bradford, and I, I think I had it on for the full six hours. <laughs> nice. Again, though, such a wide variety of styles on there, yeah. but he's got—you could tell—he's got a knowledge and a love of each style. You know, it's there mm. for a reason. Yeah. Top draw. So good. Um, I think we should do some more honorable mentions, to be honest, though, because the controversial take. You know, I've seen some comments on the internet. Rustin in the Rain, man. That made me love Tyler Childers again. That was such a vibe, the new album. Oh, shit, yeah. Like It's I... like pure 60s country, and I'm just here for it. Like I wasn't, honestly, I slipped off the bandwagon of him for a good couple of albums. Mm. But this thing, oh, my God. Yeah, I think... It's not lo- so hard, man. Yeah, Long Violent History was the last thing that I really liked from him, and this album, I need to go back and give another listen to, because it was kind of like, it did pique my interest again in his kind of music and how he's doing and yeah i need to go back and listen to that my honorable mention is a really great single that got released this year called my two feet by a one of <laughs> one of three of my favorite joshes in country music um so you released, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you released a fucking banger of the track man it's such a fucking good song and i like i've heard bits of what the album you've sent me and i cannot wait to hear what when it finally comes out as a posthumous release in 2045. It's going to yeah. blow people's minds. But I'm going to two... play it at my retirement party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my Two Feet, man, what a fucking song. And I had um, my kind of country live at the Catalyst as an honourable mention, because this may be a controversial take. I don't consider live albums to be like proper releases for a year, because yeah. it's not like a new album, because there was no. like, um, there was Live at the Catalyst, um, Charlie Crocker released live at the Ryman and um, phenomenal albums, but 
it's not like a new album. If you get me, I get it. No, no, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but phenomenal live albums. Yeah, sure. Nick Shoulder's new one was absolute banging as well. It's, I think that's some of his best. Yeah, again, I, I need to listen to that properly because oh, me. I have a baby and it's been so hard to listen to new things. Uh, yeah, I've still got stuff on my to do list that I haven't got around to doing yet. Yeah, but um, we'll get there. One I'll day. probably be I'll be bringing them on for next year's picks, and you'll be telling <laughs> me the dates are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard of this guy, Willie Nelson? Oh, he's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, his bluegrass album was really fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Get, yeah. It's a. It's hard to keep up with everybody. Yeah. Bella White released a fucking killer record. Brennan Lee's honk ain't done honky tonking yet. Like this, Charles Wesley got. Like, there's so many new releases, and they are all so fucking good. I'm sure. We'll put this out and people will be like, You forgot this, you forgot that. But drop them in the fine. comments and yeah. Drop them down. Let's hear them. Like again, we need help sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. What are you all listening to? Let's get on it. Yeah. With new releases, and because we can't cover anything, I wanted to give a shout out to a, a Twitter account that I follow that is fucking always on the ball for new releases. And it is modern country music that doesn't suck. MCMT doesn't suck. At MCMT doesn't suck modern country music that doesn't suck he's fucking always on the ball and it's such a good playlist he puts them into like months you will never miss a new release if you follow that account i see them and they just scroll on by and then i go to check on in like three months have passed and there's been you know 20 phenomenal albums released but he's a really good twitter account to follow if you want to keep an eye on the ball and what new releases are coming out nice shall we move on to our favorite gigs of the year. Yeah, let's do it. I, I assume all of yours is the Jesse Daniel tour. We'll count the tour as one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Hank Williams gig as well. The Hank 100. Just because uh, getting to hang out with your friends is always yeah. a great time. You know. Yeah, the Hank shows yeah, were fun. That, that Jesse tour was something special, though. Like, it's. It was an instant connection as well. He's genuinely a nice guy. We had a lot in common, and it wasn't just like doing the shows. It was getting to know those people. Mm. You know, and like they played on they stayed in touch as well. Nice. Yeah. And it was. It was a huge thing for me. It was like my first big boy tour, <laughs> and uh, it just went so well. Yeah. What was your favorite show of the tour? It's hard to say. You know, they all had the. It's like different moments and stuff it's for different reasons as well mm. and again it's that focus on like making sure I've got everything right that it, yeah. was, it sort of like went in a blur a bit you know I would like to pick just one mm. well the correct answer is back and head yeah I'm not going to fucking stroke <laughs> your ego though am I <laughs> but actually I'll give it to you because you picked me up for a photo and you're pulled back <laughs> I'll put the photo in here. You deserve it, man. Like honestly, I'd go in for Will's Strongest Man or something next year. Like. <laughs> yeah, the Beast, but... my quest. <laughs> but yeah, man, the the feedback from the Jesse Daniel Jan Ugh. the feedback from the Jesse Daniel tour has been absolutely insane. Jesse and Jody are absolutely lovely people. And I don't think they really knew what a bacon butty was. No. They ate them and they were really polite, so that was like nice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I wish I could have been there for the whole tour because London looked amazing, Swansea looked great. It was boss to kind of see Birkenhead 
show up for it because that was the yeah. kind of biggest selling show. Man, the London one, like, the, there's such a difference between a matinee show and an evening show. <laughs> you go from like politely clapping along and you know, really listening crowd to falling drunk down the stairs <laughs> in a matter of hours. Yeah. <laughs> but what a way to kick it off. Yeah, man. And that was the thing because we did the London show, it sold out. And then they were like, well, we're there in the day. And I had to like message the venue to be like, can you please open early? And yeah. <laughs> What a fucking wild ride for that tour, man. But yes. Yeah, um, so... The Sunny Sweeney show was great as well. Yeah. Getting to do that in Wales and like being in that environment, yeah, it was a really nice venue, converted chapel. They had like cinema seats where the pews mm. used to be in the, de- the deck and stuff. Um, I made some questionable pizza choices, which really frazzled my little country bumpkin mind. The worst pizza I've ever seen. <laughs> I guess it. <laughs> I wouldn't have. I would have fucking Axel Rose that shit and left. Yeah, I'd eaten all day though. I started. <laughs> Didn't even chew it. Just rammed it down. <laughs> How about you? What was your favorite shows this year? Well, the Jesse Daniel. Basically, every show we put on in Birkenhead has been absolutely fucking killer. The Jesse Daniel. And Josh Bedder's show was absolutely amazing. And the cool thing with like all three shows we put on at the Swinging Arm moved rooms because yeah. it's you know it's crazy to like have these artists who aren't you know Sierra Ferrell sold out, but she's fucking huge. She's got like the numbers are just through the roof. Jesse Daniel and Summer Dean and Tommy Prine, absolutely incredible artists. They're getting this traction, they're getting these numbers, but they aren't necessarily massive. So to see these kind of numbers of tickets going and people showing up to shows has been phenomenal and you know as like we're fans of this music so, so to see jesse and jody do a strip back set like i said to them when they came around it was the same feeling i got when i saw tyler chills in front of like 60 people in manchester i'm like this is what underground country music is this is you know the star of a scene this is like lightning in a bottle and you have killed the fucking opening sets You've smashed it so hard. The feedback from everyone who's seen you has been fucking killer. And it was cool because you were riding the kind of heat from your single coming out and the tour. So it was like, again, it was just the perfect time to kind of see you guys live and just watch the crowd react to you, how you deserve to have a crowd react to you because it's just been fucking killer. Um, Tommy Prine was absolutely amazing. Um, he's just a really great, intricate songwriter. Obviously, it's easy to compare him to John Prine, his dad. But it's just a different vibe. It's like a bit more modern, a bit slightly indie kind of folk, but it's just so fucking good. And he writes really emotional songs about like father and son relationships. And as a new dad, I was just fucking in oh, the back, back the love in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um some of Again, the uh, Chuck can hit you like that as well, man. Yeah, like, Chuck, what Chuck, a perfect pairing. Yeah, again, Chuck was absolutely phenomenal. And it was cool to go from kind of, because it was in August, it was the same month as Jesse, to go from like a rowdy honky-tonk of, at the swinging arm so you could hear a pin drop in the same venue. Yeah. Thanks to those two artists. And Chuck was the exact same way with his storytelling and his craft. It was just phenomenal to watch. Um, and I still need to send you a CD because I keep forgetting to. Yeah. Again, like that would have been the hill I would have died on getting Chuck in that gig. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, He's also was... got a little history with John and like the songwriting styles and mm. like the way he conducts himself as well. Nicest guy in the world. 
Um, I've learned a lot from him over the years as yeah. well. Yeah. He was at one of my very first ever listening shows. Oh, yeah. Um, I was on the Bill of Ags, Connolly, and Chuck was set in the front row. I was like, these are like two of my favorite songwriters in the UK staring <laughs> at me right now. And yeah. I asked properly fell out. But... Yeah. <laughs> I remember him taking me to one side afterwards and giving me some advice and stuff. So Yeah. No, he's such um, a fucking sweetheart. And that was like the first time I'd got to meet him as well, which was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Summer Dean and Ags Connolly show. Um, it was interesting because we had to move venue, so I had to use my PA system, which isn't the best. But the summer show felt the most punk to me, which was like a really cool vibe. It was a really cool feeling because it was so independent and DIY. It wasn't like we had a sound tech, we had like a proper venue, we had lighting. So I know some people weren't a fan of that because there wasn't the polish on it. But for me, like being a huge fan and growing up, with like the punk scene and being such a fan and reading documentaries and watching like documentaries of like the DC scene with Ian Mackay to kind of put a gig on that had that vibe. So it was so fucking good, but it's all just the best country music you could possibly hear. And Brandon Ridley opened the gig and fucking smashed his head off. Yeah. He's a good egg, old Brando. He is. So they were the three favorite gigs that I put on. But I got to see fucking John Fogarty of Creedence Clearwater Revival this year. Nice. And that was a phenomenal... He opened with Bad Moon Rising. And then it was just hit after hit after hit. Like, if any other band, that would be the song you close on because it's a fucking massive song. But that was, like, his 20th hit. So he just had fucking hit after hit after hit. And it was an incredible gig. He's 77 and was running up and down the stage. And I always forget I see him because the next day my son was born. So it was like a fucking wild ride of like seeing John Fogarty and then being in the hospital wearing the John Fogarty tour t-shirt, holding like a new baby and being like, fuck. So John Fogarty (laughs) is also my favorite gig of the year because he was just fucking incredible. A lot of memories attached to that. You'll never forget that show. No, not at all. Um, yeah, favorite gigs of the year. Do you have any honorable mentions or anything else you want to talk about for gigs? Um, I don't actually get to many at the minute because my wrist is various nights and stuff, and a lot of them are a lot of traveling involved and stuff like that. So I don't actually get to go and watch money as a spectator. So no, I leave it to you, city boys. Fucking with your, with your fancy subways and trains and <laughs> when they're working. <laughs> we need to talk about the Hendrickson tour because yeah. because of everything that happened that was kind of like before baby and my head's just been a mess afterwards but so you know from the end of april we had luke hendrickson over and the response you know that is probably my favorite tour i've done it was so fucking cool to see people give a shit about me and luke and then yeah. you obviously joined us for two dates um brecon and london so it was amazing to kind of see people show up and wearing Rogue Country t-shirts and wearing Mike West t-shirts and buying merch and supporting us in a way that felt really fucking organic and real in a way that hasn't happened before. Like I've toured with some like bigger artists. So you yeah. know they're coming to see them and you just hope you can catch a few off the back of that. But this was people showed up to fucking see us, man, and it was nuts. Yeah. That's what it's all about though, isn't it? Like making connections with people. Yeah. 100%. If you're trying to be a musician for any other reason than that, then you, you, you're in the wrong game. Mm-hmm. You either make music because you love the music you're making. You don't you don't just do it for attention, like no. And like you don't try and bullshit people. Just be yourself. 
and like make those connections. People will give a shit if you connect with them on a real level, and that's mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. Yeah. The best bit of advice I ever got given was that music is a social skill as much as a creative one. And honestly, I can't stress that enough. I want to hammer that point home. And it's it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like the thing because we're going to be ramping up for next year. I don't know. You know, we did twenty-one shows this year. That was three tours. I'm not. I don't have three tours. I mean, next year to fucking organize, my head will fall off. Um. So I don't know what's going to happen next year. We have three people booked in so far for shows as well as a tour we're working on. But we'll get to that in a bit. But with the kind of shows next year, it is one of those things where we just want to work with sincere people who give a fuck about what we're trying to do. We aren't looking for you know ass kisses we don't want to be told we're the fucking saviors of country music in the uk because we want to just be recognized for the hard work we're doing and someone want to contribute to us and put fucking gigs on yourself man it can't all be fucking me behind my like laptop and the whirl on me excel spreadsheets trying to do everything like people need to put step up and put other shows on across the uk and that's been the cool thing about this tour i'm working on for next year is you know jody from fargo stepped up in sheffield Mark's been helping. Like, we need this fucking like grassroots scene to rise. And the more shows people can put on, the better. Everyone has an in with a venue. Everyone has an in with some promoter. And that's what we need to really rely on. The thing is, well, like the UK scene isn't like the American one. We haven't got that legacy to pass the torch to new acts. We're literally starting from the ground up, really. Mm -hmm. You know, we do have a bit of like, I say there's several smaller scenes. But unless it like comes together in some sort of organized way, then yeah. how's it going to grow? You know, no. again, it takes everybody chipping in to grow this thing from the ground. Yeah, up. it does. And like, we're more than happy to promote. If you have a show that you're putting on, we're more than happy to promote that. Because well, if, if you're playing can... a show every week, you know, yeah. this month's shows or whatever, it's all day. Like, let's let's do it. Yeah, but that's the thing where we need these kind of venues and promoters and artists who want to put their money where their mouth is and you know put these shows on because it's not that hard to reach out to these artists. I emailed Jody, Jesse's manager, and was like, "Yo, we're big fans. When is he coming over to the UK?" And then I ended up accidentally booking the whole fucking tour. Same same thing with summer. It's just you know if you have an artist you like, reach out to them. You might be able to book them, and I'm more than happy to help anyone in any way. To get these artists over. As long as you're not being mean. As long as you're not a dick. <laughs> Can't stress that enough. It's a social thing. <laughs> People have to want to work with you. Yeah, no, totally. But, you know, that was 2023. We are you're... nine days away from 2024, which is terrifying. What are the plans for 2024? Because listening back to the podcast last year, we said Rogue Records was going to be this year and our first release was going to be Josh Bettis. Yeah. And you shit the bed on that, didn't you? And I'm continuing to do so. <laughs> so. Try again next year. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I really do want to hopefully put something out on Rogue Records next year. I don't think it will be me because I've not even got into the studio yet. I said at the end of that podcast, I was like, I'm going in the studio next year. And why it was like, no, you're not. Oh, um, not today. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, the podcast, again, has been all over the place due to the baby. So I've not been able to record much for that. Um, I really want to put on a road country festival. I'm working on yeah. that. I don't know if it will happen next year, but 
If it doesn't happen next year, it'll hopefully happen the year after that. But again, we'll see what happens. And it'd be nice if anyone else wanted to put on something like the Hank Williams shows. If someone else yeah. wanted to do a Hank show next year, we'd be more than happy to fucking partner up with someone for that. Yeah, it's collab on stuff, you know? Yeah. I know we've spoken about um, bringing a few old things back as well, so I'm going to yep. leave that to the imagination. <laughs> some old formats will be returning hopefully next year. Yeah, we'll see. Without giving the game away. <laughs> I know there's yeah. some things I'd like to bring back that we've spoken about. Yeah, man, that would be really cool. And again, it's one of those things where we have the podcast, we have the reviews, we have the live shows, and it's just those other things we can kind of throw to help provide a better platform for us and that's you know what we're trying to do at the end of the day is just create a bit more content and a bit more exposure for these guys and which brings us on to the live shows of next year so it's no secret because we've put it on our pages that we are working with sterling drake on his tour for march of next year uh fuck i'm gonna say this as well brandon ridley is going to be opening the shows as a tour support because he's awesome and we love him um, we are currently looking for two shows left to book on the 18th of March and the 22nd of March. So if anyone wants to help out with those, we'd massively appreciate it. And then the same way as I did last year, I'm going to beep these out. But we have in May, we have in June, and we have September. And all three of these are going to be at the Future Yard in Birkenhead because that's where I live and it's the easiest venue for me to work with. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say fairer than that, to be honest. Yeah. And again, if you want shows in your town, I am more than happy to help you in a way to put these shows on or make connections or advice on working with venues and promoters. The only thing I won't do is put my own fucking money forward because I can't. No, that'd be pretty much maxed out your credit card last time. So, yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's 2024. I'm hyped, man. Like last year, we sat back and, you know, we saw what we'd accomplished with the Sierra Feral shows, with the Young Devils and Fargo. And, you know, you put the songwriters around on. We did in May last year, was it, with it, Darren, yeah. Brandon, and Megan. We did the Rogues rounds in October of last year. Oh, next year, I am definitely going to be releasing the audio of those Rogue rounds um, gigs. So we will have, is it four recordings of live shows featuring me, you, Chris, Jody, Ash, Jason, I think that's everyone that played on them. Um, but yeah, so the live recordings of the Rogues round from last year will be available next year because I'll pull my hand out my arse and get it done. Um, and that's kind of 2024 shaping up. Well, 2023 was fucking killer. We fucking did so much. And yeah. I'm so tired. And like 2024 hasn't started yet. We don't know what else is going to come in. So true. there's a lot to work with and a lot to look forward to. So keep it rogue. As always, keep it rogue. Till next time. Peace. Peace.